0: It's one of the most successful startups in the world. And for many young shoppers, it's become a household name. Shein, the biggest new name in fast fashion. It's a Chinese company called Xi'an. This is a $100 billion online company. It was the number one shopping app in
1: 56 countries. That
0: overtook Amazon as the most downloaded
2: shopping app in the iOS app store.
0: It flew under the radar for a long time. But by the time Xi'an's success fully emerged, it had surpassed big brands like Zara and H&M, and it's reinventing the industry in the process but Shein is still full of unknowns. Shein is a very secretive company and shares little publicly about its origins. Today, we're taking a look at what we know about Shein's success, what we don't, and what that means for all of us. I'm Hala Mohiadine, and this is The Take.
1: Gosh.
2: I don't even know how I just try to open this. Come
0: on! If you type your favourite brand into YouTube or TikTok, you'll find many videos like these. Shoppers posting their hauls of packages and displaying the newest products they've bought, usually online. And at SHEIN, their money goes far. We are doing a $600 Shein Haul. As you can tell,
2: it's a huge package. I'm back at it again with a massive haul from Shein, man. You see the box? Shein always has a sale and always has coupons. I love it. I love this. 10 out of 10. Love.
0: This is adorable for summer.
1: I saw a tweet that said that you can create a year's worth of outfits with $280 on Shein. You can just essentially buy an entire outfit, accessories and shoes for like under $30.
0: That's journalist Terry Nguyen from Dirt Newsletter.
1: I am a reporter covering culture and entertainment at Dirt. And I was formerly covering consumerism and the internet at Vox.
0: In Terry's reporting, she describes herself as haunted by Shein. And if you've experienced ads for a certain item of clothing following you around from Facebook to Instagram to your internet ads, you'll know what she means. For Terry, the item haunting her most recently was an exercise dress, not just from Shein, but from many different brands.
1: This exercise dress that originally was from, I think, this athleisure brand called Outdoor Voices. But I've seen so many replications of that from a variety of brands. And I've just kind of had to tell myself, no, there's too many exercise dresses in the world. I see them everywhere in New York. I can't buy one.
0: Back in 2019, it wasn't just a Shein product following Terry, but the brand itself itself. Shein was founded back in 2012, but it wasn't really until 2019 or 2020 that it really began to take off.
1: When I went on TikTok and started using it a lot during the pandemic, I sort of noticed my awareness of Shein kind of rapidly increased just because there were so much content, whether it be, you know, people sharing their hauls or cute trending tops they got from Shein. It it just felt quite ubiquitous.
0: Terry covers the consumer side of fast fashion. But we also wanted to hear about the supply. So we spoke to Professor Sheng Lu at the University of Delaware.
2: I think I'm one of the very few economists working in a fashion department. I have to admit, I'm one of the very least fashionable faculty. I probably need to take my colleagues' classes.
0: But Sheng said he does
2: learn from his students. That's how he heard about Xi'an. My students are now Generation Z and they shop a lot. And I just noticed, you know, maybe during the class break and they, you know, check their iPhone, their iPad and just visit an app called Xi'an.
0: So Shang dug into how Xi'an beats so many fast fashion companies at their own game. The biggest difference that consumers notice is the price.
2: Xi'an's prices are so low... It can be hard to believe them. Xian's price is 70 to 60 percentage lower than what Zara and HM can offer to consumers. So this makes Xian very different, very different to me.
1: Terry shared some of the numbers she's seen. You can definitely find deals for, you know, simple tank tops or shirts from anywhere as low as like 3 to $5. And if it's a more complicated top, you know, like a halter top, it might be a little more, like around like 10 to 13 And that sort of um, coupled with free shipping makes it really appealing to, you know, shoppers who might not have a lot of income.
0: And one of the many ways that Shein keeps those prices low is through its lack of physical stores. Even with the rise of online shopping, most major fashion brands still have an offline presence. But not Shein. They only do
2: temporary pop-ups. Shein doesn't have any physical stores, so that's number one. And a second is about the kind of product you can find.
0: The number of styles on Shein's website or its apps seems endless. Back when the industry was first disrupted by fast fashion, it was radical to have new styles every month or every week of the year.
2: H&M changes its merchandise all the time, and the turnover keeps customers coming in. Chains like Zara are so fast, they can design and manufacture clothing and get it on store shelves in a month.
0: But that's a trickle compared to the fire
2: hose from Shein. According to my research, um, say Zara and H&M, They offer about 25,000 or 20,000 different styles of products to market. In a year, Xi'an can launch as many as 1.3 million. 1.3 million new
0: styles every year. It's this sheer volume that is changing the entire industry. Terry says it's technology on a whole new level that Xi'an has pioneered. Software it developed that collects feedback at a rapid pace about what's selling and what's not, and what might sell
1: next. Shein has managed to use technology and develop technology that kind of anticipates what sort of styles would be trending, and it's allowed them to really expedite their supply chain compared to their competitors.
0: A brand like Zara might measure its turnaround time from design to sale in weeks. Shein measures in days. And as Sheng says, Xi'an is able to react much better to trends.
2: Fast fashion brands, they try not to predict what markets may like. They try to follow, follow the popular trends already in the market and then through their very sophisticated or efficient supply chain try to make these products available in the market. And
0: that's where the synergy with social media comes in. It all started with TikTok. I have three tops. All black, all give off Western vibes.
2: Little top is getting school girl. So I have a bunch of clothes that is going to be office appropriate, internship appropriate.
1: I think there is a lot of synergy in that Xi'an is a China based company and TikTok is also a Chinese product. And I think Xi'an definitely had an edge over its more Western competitors and it sort of had the forethought to realise that it might be the next big thing to reach, you know, more customers.
0: Terry explains it works by creating very small orders at factories.
1: Say, for example, they're creating a new top and they want to place like a 100 iterations at that top to be made. And then they put that on the site and they wait to see how quickly that sells out. Compared to maybe, you know, an ultra fast fashion retailer like Boohoo or Fashion Nova, they might have to order about 300 to 500 units. For Shein, they can essentially make more designs and even sell less tops, but still manage to kind of inundate their website with a variety of styles and whichever ones go viral on TikTok overnight, they'll be able to ramp up production on the garment, like almost instantaneously, depending on demand.
0: Real-time retail. Companies disrupting the status quo produce clothes in as little as three days.
1: It
2: sells clothing at pocket money prices, adding 30,000 new items a day. So
0: say Shein detects that cargo pants are making a comeback for fall. Shein can try them in highlighter colours, in zebra prints, in checkerboards, with pockets, without, just ordering a few dozen of each item from their suppliers and seeing what sells. If the zebra print does well, they can order more. If the checkered print flops, well, they're already on to something else.
2: It doesn't really have to care. It just keeps launching new products to the market and then excites the consumers.
0: shein has been compared to the Uber of the fast fashion industry. And that's because of its on-demand order system.
1: An analyst kind of described it to me as every new design is kind of a bet, but it's able to take more bets than its other fast fashion competitors by virtue of their unique relationship to factories in China and within that sort of like commercial region.
0: That relationship comes partly from Shein being based in the same country as its factories, Many fast fashion companies subcontract their orders out to the point where they may not necessarily even know all the steps in their supply chain. There's always business in subcontracting, even if it means putting the finishing touches on garments before they're shipped out. There is still a lot that we don't know about Sheehan's supply chain. An investigation by the outlet Rest of Worlds found it works with about 6,000 Chinese clothing factories. And it appears that they do have more direct relationships with many of the workshops producing items. The company's reputation for making timely payments to suppliers, a rarity in the industry, meant factories that would normally accept orders of a minimum quantity were eager to take on Xi'an's orders. But when the clothes just keep coming and the prices are so low... It raises one question after another. How are the workers treated? What is the quality of the materials? And how long do the clothes last? We'll talk about the efforts to get answers to those questions in a moment. If you need in-depth analysis of news and current affairs in one of the world's most misunderstood and complicated regions, join me, Sami Zaidan, every Thursday on the Essential Middle East podcast.
2: I have to admit, there are still many unanswered questions regarding Xi'an's supply chain. And it's hard to get answers from Xi'an. The company didn't reply
0: to our request for comment for this episode. It was ranked in 2021 as one of the least transparent major fashion companies in the world. A lot is still a mystery, especially surrounding the workers making the garments, one Swiss NGO's investigation of workers at six different factories in the Chinese city of Guangzhou found long hours, no fire exits in the factories, and barred windows.
1: The company has not you know, publicly disclosed workers' wages or their hours or essentially even you know, the conditions.
0: And Sheng says that's running up against a trend in the industry toward more supply chain transparency, not less
2: which means not only you know, we want to know who finally assembled the finished products. You know, like if you look at the product label, it will tell you it's made in China, it's made in India, made in Vietnam. But that label only reflects the last stage of production. That is, you know, which country assembled the finished garments, but who made the fabrics, okay. who made the yarn, who made the fiber. This information is not available.
0: that's a concern, because much of the world's cotton comes from Xinjiang province in China, where human rights groups have uncovered evidence of forced labour. The US has targeted Xinjiang cotton for an import ban, but it's almost impossible to sort out where raw cotton comes from. So if Xi'in or any other brand is using it, it's easy to get lost in the supply chain. Sheng says some brands are trying to use new technology to make this information accessible.
2: And I think Xi'an, you know, probably should also do the same. But I, I assume that, you know, to do that will be a lot more challenging because they're selling so many different kinds of products.
0: So Xi'an has changed the game for fast fashion production. But what's happening now is also changing the habits of consumers, especially in the U.S., Americans buy about five times more clothing than they did back in 1980. And one study suggests we wear each item an average of, just listen to this, seven times. So now, if you can buy a year's worth of clothes for a few hundred dollars, for the people posting those new outfits on social media, it starts to redefine what a year's worth of clothes looks like.
2: People wear clothes for just like
0: two weeks and then just discard them.
1: There's still a stigma associated with outfit repeating.
0: You see some product and it's just garbage. You sort of fold it up and you think, yeah, you're going to wear it Saturday night to your party and then it's literally
2: going to fall apart. So in the past, you know, I will wear clothing at least for like a half a year, you know, for example. But now I can really you know, spend less than $10 to purchase two units of clothing while I have to wear so many times. Right? I can probably simply change my lifestyle. Or change my shopping behaviour for clothing. It's behaviour with
0: drastic environmental consequences. Once you're done with that year's worth of clothes, where does it go? All fast fashion is more disposable by nature. But as Sheng said, Sheehan's business model takes it to another level. And that means textile waste, already a huge pollutant across the world. It's only going to get worse.
1: Millions of discarded garments make their way overseas
0: and they're causing an environmental disaster. The U.S. leads the world in exporting used textiles. More than one and a half billion pounds are shipped out of the country every year. In Ghana, more than 70 tons of fabric a day ends up in landfills
1: presenting an ecological disaster. I think people need to realize that even if you're donating clothes, a lot of the times those clothes don't make it onto resale racks. And they're essentially shipped overseas to um, you know, developing countries where the trash is essentially burned.
0: Sheehan has made some minor moves towards sustainability, including donating $15 million to an organization in Ghana, one of the world's largest markets for secondhand clothing. Critics have labelled it an empty gesture. But Sheng does say that the responsiveness of Xi'an's supply chain could become a force for good.
2: Many products, you know, they're simply not welcome, are not needed, not wanted by the consumer. They're forecasted by fashion companies, but you know, they're kind of wrong judges. But if Xi'an can really you know, leverage their big data to really produce or launch products you know, wanted by the consumer, I think that's a great thing for the entire industry.
0: Among Sheng's fashion students at the university where he teaches, he said they're split on the company, and that reflects its polarising place
2: in the industry. Half of them are very excited about this company. They like you know, all the different kind of choice they can find from the website or from their app. But also uh, many students, they're concerned about the environmental impact of Shian.
0: When digging into the story behind Sheehan's success, it made Terry look at those ads in her social feeds a bit differently. Not just about the ethics behind the brand, but what is driving her choices in the first place.
1: It kind of leads me to think more critically about the styles that I see and like why I choose certain types of clothes and whether that's manufactured, if it's a coincidence or if it's part of this greater, you know, fast fashion machine that's just trying to get me to buy into whatever's trendy.
0: And when forecasting the next trend, the question for all of us is, what could disrupt Xi'an? Shein? Xi'an's
1: price point speaks for itself, and it will be a very fierce competitor, depending on who wants to emerge next, because really, like, how much lower can you go?
0: And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Alexandra Locke, with Chloe Kay Lee, Ruby Zaman, Amy Walters, Nagin Oleai, and me, Halimahiyadeen. Aya El and Adam Abugad are our engagement producers. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Tim St. Clair mixed this episode. Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back.